We are coming to you live from the granddaddy of them all, Pasadena, California. It's the Rose Bowl. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, We're back, though. It is the granddaddy of them all if you're talking about Detroit-centric podcasts. It is the granddaddy of them all if you like comedically driven sports podcasts. It's the Detroiter, guys. I'm your host. I'm Nick Bradley. We're presented by The Second String and The Second String dot com check it out we're going to talk about this little number in a second um and we're covering sports in the motor city in the mitten state welcome back come on in take your hat off take the coat off can i get you anything to drink i got some cheese that's in the cupboard i don't know maybe you like biscottis whatever you need i got you thanks for tuning in appreciate you being here whether you're on youtube spotify apple however it is you're joining us glad glad that you are good day good day today I'm excited to be here, to be honest. I got some good stuff to talk about. There are some exciting things happening. Now, are those things that are happening real-life games? Are they things that I've watched on television? No. By no means are they that. Uh, There's storylines, things in the news, people run their fucking yappers, Pat Narduzzi. Things happening in the hockey world. Matthew Kachuk, he wants out of Calgary. Stevie Iserman. There's stuff happening. There's stuff to talk about. Kind of an exciting time. Um, Juiced up off the wings. Like uh, last week, two weeks ago, we did that podcast right after the first day of free agency where the Red Wings brought in a king's ransom of a haul. Excited about them. Excited about this season and to see where they go. I said they should be better. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can argue that. Even the most pessimistic Red Wings fan can't argue that they should be better. I said I'd like to see them contend for a playoff spot, keep this thing interesting for all 82. They made it till about March last season, and then it fell apart like a loose turd. I'm hoping to ride this thing into May this coming season. Keep me engaged for 82 games, even if you miss the playoffs. Even if in game 79, it's like, all right, they're probably not going to make it. Get me there. Just keep me as long as you possibly can. Look at the Tigers. All-Star break just happened. They've been dead for a month and a half, two months maybe. The All-Star break just happened, and they've been passed for months already. Like, don't do that. Just avoid that. Just keep me interested. Keep me checking the standings. Keep me watching the games. Keep me checking the highlights in the morning. Make me want to know what's going on with you as long as possible. That's the goal. We haven't even gotten to the point where it's like, win a playoff series. We haven't even gotten to the point where the expectation or the big goal is make the fucking playoffs. We haven't even gotten there yet. We're still at keep me interested. Make me want to watch a hockey game in April. Make me sit down at my friend's place on a Saturday afternoon and watch the Red Wings because it's a huge game for the playoff race. Just get me there. Get me there. I don't need you to make the playoffs necessarily. Not yet. I don't need you to win a playoff series. I don't need you to make a Stanley Cup run. Just get me interested, and I think they will. So it's an exciting time. More big names. We saw Johnny Gaudreau just went to Columbus and kind of a shocking turn of events in his free agency out of nowhere, Columbus. And everybody says Columbus is a great place to play. The Blue Jackets are a great organization. They got some guys. Zach Wierenski, obviously Michigan boy. Columbus? Columbus, because he was talking Philly, hometown team, New Jersey, also close to his hometown. And then Calgary offered him more money than Columbus. Now, I don't know if it's like the Canadian BS with COVID. I don't know if maybe he just doesn't like Calgary. I don't know if he kind of feels like Calgary's run its course. He was there for 10 years. Is that accurate? He was there for a long fucking time before this free agency. Um, 
I don't know what the deal was. It's strange that any athlete turns down an extra year and more money, right? Like that's kind of unheard of, especially when it is the hometown team offering you the extra year and the more money. Usually when you get poached, it's because the hometown guys won't pony up the cash. Calgary was willing and able. Johnny Gaudreau turned a cold shoulder, and now he's going to be a blue jacket. So in lieu of that, Matthew Kachuk says, hey, folks, pleasure playing at the Saddle Dome. I'm out, though. Get me the fuck out of here. I want to go play somewhere else. And I know I've read St. Louis is a hot spot for him. He's from St. Louis. Uh, Florida, they could use the help. I haven't heard much about Detroit, but I do think Detroit's kind of an interesting situation. I do think the Red Wings, if they wanted to, if Steve Eiserman was willing to kind of all of the chips, Alex, if he wanted to put the nuts on the table a little bit, if he really wanted to go for it, I think the Red Wings are a viable option. I think the Red Wings have the ammunition to get the deal done. Might be a little bit more than Steve would hope, which is maybe why it won't happen. Um, and in any case, it'll be a lot. Like, you're not going to get a guy like Matthew Kachuk for free. He had 40 goals, 60-something assists, 100-point season. Like, that's you're a fucking animal. He's 24 years old, and not only does he produce points-wise and he gets in your face, he's an agitator. He's Brad Marchand, except he's 24. That's one of the most rare players in the NHL. Right, Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon's Nathan McKinnon. Those guys is fucking incredible as they are, and they're the two best players in the league. They're not necessarily scrapping. They're not getting in your face, right? They're not agitating you all night. Matthew Kachuk is the fucking most annoying guy on the ice to play against. And, oh, by the way, he's going to rip two Genos and get an apple on top of it. Like, you don't see that combination. Usually it's one or the other. <clears throat> Usually you play good defense, you take the body, and you kind of agitate. or you're unbelievable at offense. Maybe you, maybe you take the body here and there, and you kind of keep your nose clean of fights and the dirty business and stuff like that. Matthew Kachuk doesn't give a fuck. He does both, and any team in the NHL would be lucky to have him, and he fits right into what the Red Wings are doing. But before we get into it a little further, I got to address this, guys. I have to address this. I don't want to be the preachy guy. I don't want to be super promoting and salesy, but look at the shirt for two seconds. Can you see the shirt? Can you see the shirt? Motown, Calder winner. Aren't you fucking kidding me? He's got the wings coming out of the side. He's got the notes, the music notes, Motown, the font's cool. Mo Cider, Calder winner down here. I don't want to be promotive, but this is the nicest Red Wings shirt that actually has ever been created. I'm not even joking. I'm not even saying it so people buy. I just want to make you aware that this exists. Like if you were a Red Wings fan, if you plan on sitting down and watching at least half the games this year, if you plan on going to LCA and you plan on buying a little Red Wings merch for the upcoming season, I need you to know that this exists. Maybe you won't buy it, mistake. I just need you to know that this was this exists. You have this shirt. You wear it anywhere near Little Caesars Arena, within a 50-mile radius, I promise you 12 different people are going to go, whoa, dude, where'd you get that? That thing's sick, man. When was that made? Who did that? Supreme makes Red Wings gear now? Like, just, just look at it for one second. The thesecondstring.com. Don't want to be promoting. Don't want to be too salesy. But, like, I, I made this. What am I going to do? Not tell every Red Wings fan I can get my hands on about it? What am I going to do? Let this live under, under a rock? This ain't no Patrick Star, dog. This is SpongeBob. Sweet, sweet victory. Everybody's got to know. TheSecondString.com, Motown. Check it out. Okay. Okay. I had to do it. I had to do it. The shirt came in the mail today. Um, it somehow looks better in person than it does on the mock-ups. Like, I knew it was sick. 
when I saw the design, I, oh, all right. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's fucking fire. Mm, that's gas. I knew it right when I saw the design, you put it on the mock-up. Oh, it looks good on red. Oh, looks good on white. Oh, looks good on a crew neck. I knew it was gas. I fucking knew it. How couldn't it be gas? I opened up the mail today. I opened this little puppy. I put it in some good lighting and it pops. It is crispy. It is sharp. It's beautiful. It's better than I thought it would be. And don't know how that's possible. It's incredible. If you're a Red Wings fan, check it out. Matthew Kachuk to Detroit. Not a ton of talk about it, right? And rightfully so. Like if you look at the Red Wings, not necessarily going for it all the way just yet. Not necessarily a Stanley Cup contending team just yet. Not necessarily a guy who a superstar is going to put him over the edge, right? Maybe it's the key ingredient they've been missing. A superstar like Matthew Kachuk helps anybody. He could be playing on the Tim Horton 16U team. He'll help them out. Like it doesn't matter who he goes to. Obviously getting Matthew Kachuk helps. But as I'm sure he wants to do, and it makes more sense from a team standpoint, like not if you're going to be a dog shit, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, there's no point in going out and getting Matthew Kachuk. If you're going to be ass, if you're gunning for top 10 picks, if you know you're pretty much fucked for the next couple of years, not really much of a point into getting Matthew Kachuk. Even if you're going to be average, like and really, unless you know you're a playoff team, and beyond that, unless you know you're a team that's capable of winning in the playoffs and Matthew Kachuk could be the Thanos fucking Infinity Stone thing, gauntlet, whatever it's called, it doesn't really make sense to go after him. So I I get it. I get why Detroit's kind of under the radar because we aren't one of those teams. We're not even necessarily totally gunning at a playoff spot this year. We certainly aren't gunning at winning playoff series, and we absolutely – are not a team who coming off last year should have ideas like, oh, if only we got Matthew Kachuk, I don't know, maybe the Stanley Cup would be in our future. Maybe Matthew Kachuk is the one thing we were missing. No, we missed fucking so many things. Missed defensemen. Um, we missed a lot of forwards, guys who can put the puck in the net. Um, goaltending towards the end of the year. Hopefully, Billy Huso helps out with that. Coaching, we missed. We missed a lot of things. Matthew Kachuk is not the answer to all of the Red Wings' problems. But what I do find interesting about the Kachuk situation is, yeah, and like Florida makes a ton of sense. St. Louis makes a ton of sense. Any of those contending teams, I get it. Totally makes sense. Detroit's a little sneaky because, like I said, we're not necessarily gunning for playoff series. We're not gunning for the Eastern Conference Finals. Like We're not at that level yet where it's expected of us. Fans obviously aren't expecting it. Analysts, people around the league aren't expecting it. I've yes, Dylan Larkin himself, and we're like, hey, bro, you think you're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals? He'd probably say, huh? Who? No, the Red Wings? No, no, no. We're not. It's fucking, it's not 2008, dude. What do you mean, Eastern Conference Finals? I get it. But at the same time, if you look at Kachuk, you look at what Steve Eiserman just did like two weeks ago in free agency, you look at the assembly of the Red Wings as it stands right now, he kind of fits. He kind of fits. It's not going to be him joining a win-now team who has pieces and pieces around, who had success without him, who doesn't necessarily need him, but he could be the thing to push him over the edge. It won't be like that. But the Red Wings are entering. Like I would say this coming year, 2022-23, is going to be the first year of this Steve Eiserman-led, rebuilded, rebuilt, excuse me, Detroit Red Wings. It'll be the first season where it's like, Okay, and the window, and now the window begins. 
And now it's time to win. I think this is year one. And again, not going to win playoff series, not going to win a Stanley Cup. This is year one, though. You throw Matthew Kachuk in there. He's not going to put you over the edge. We're not winning three playoff rounds with Matthew Kachuk. No, no, no. We need more help than that. But he times up nicely. He's 24 years old. Dylan Larkin's, what, like 26, 27? Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider, about 20, 21. Jonathan Berger and Simon Edmondson, 20. Uh, Nadelkovich is like 24. Kosa's waiting in the wings. Every big piece on this team, Verana's like mid to late 20s. Every big piece on this team would match up with Kachuk. Ideally, you're getting a guy that's 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Ideally, meets up a little bit more with these prospects that are going to flood in this next year and the year after. Ideally, 24 is not crazy, though. He's got 10 years in him, probably, barring any crazy injury or whatever else, like off the ice. He's got 10 years in him. Dylan Larkin, it feels like he just got started this year. It feels like Dylan Larkin, this was the first season he kind of realized, like, oh, shit, I'm fucking sweet at hockey. You put Matthew Kachuk with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, bro, what, dude, what, bro, what? And maybe he wouldn't be down. Maybe he doesn't want to wait two more years to start winning playoff series again. Maybe, right? Maybe he doesn't want to go to a team who just is beginning their window. Maybe he doesn't want to go to a team who's waiting for like two more crops of prospects to come up. Maybe he doesn't want to go to a team that needs to sign one or two more free agents to really start to compete. Maybe he doesn't want to go to a team that that needs Simon Edmondson and Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond and Johansson and Bergeron and all these guys to mature a little bit more before they can start playing with the big dogs. Maybe not. But whatever Matthew Kachuk feels aside, obviously impossible for me to know. Fucking don't know the guy. Wish I did. Wish I had his number. I'd probably be hanging out with him in Calgary right now. But I don't. Impossible to know what he's thinking. From the Red Wings standpoint, from a hockey standpoint, it makes a little bit of sense. The Red Wings have cap space. Fucking, they can clear it easy. They got people coming off the books this year. It almost felt like some of the signings Iserman made this offseason was like, I got money. I don't know. Money is there to be spent, right? It's, it's like he just was like, fuck it. I don't care. We got 20 million cap space. It doesn't matter. Give him a year. Give him two years. Give him th- whatever. We got cap space. We have more than enough players after this free agency hall. Like we have too many guys. There aren't enough spots for this many guys. People will have to sit. People will have to play in Grand Rapids. People will get cut short on ice time. We have players to move. And the window is timing up nicely with the age of Kachuk. Now there isn't, I wouldn't do just any deal for Matthew, right? Because Calgary is going to want a haul. He was the sixth overall pick for them a couple years ago. He just had a hundred point season. He's fucking incredible, right? I think he's either he's either wears an A. He might be the captain. I'm not certain. He's a huge part of like he is Calgary. He is the Calgary Flames. No Gaudreau. They are going to be desperate for all, and they didn't get anything back for Gaudreau. He just walked on his own. They're going to be desperate for a King's ransom for Matthew Kachuk. Give him Bertuzzi. Give him Philip Zadina. Give him Philip Pronick. Give him a first-round pick, and honestly, honestly, I'd give him another first-round pick if they wanted it. To be honest, I would. Or Bertuzzi, Hronik, Johansson on the blue line, first-round pick, maybe two first-round picks, or a first-round pick and Zadina. I would do that too. Like, I will give Calgary a haul. Zadina's a young guy they could use. They could see what happens, maybe a chain of scenery 
change of scenery ignites him. Albert Johansson, nice up-and-coming prospect over in Sweden, blue liner, good offensive player, good passer, good skater, this, that, the other thing. He'll be in Detroit eventually if Calgary doesn't take him off our hands. Tyler Bertuzzi is essentially diet Matthew Kachuk. He can score, he can play, and he fucks with people, and he's an agitator. Matthew Kachuk and Tyler Bertuzzi are the same player. Matthew Kachuk's just better at hockey, right? You can take him too. He's not too old. He's like mid-late 20s. Same deal as keeping Kachuk. Uh, maybe you can flip him again if you're Calgary for more assets. That would always be an option. And Philip Ronick, same deal. They need help on the blue line. He's a pretty good player, pretty young still. He still, I think, at least has some untapped potential. And another dude, if you want to, you could flip him for assets at the deadline. Like, I don't know if Calgary would accept that deal because they're probably only really interested in the Johansson and the pick. But if they did, if they were interested in that, Steve Eiserman, fucking pick up the phone, guy. Because I don't, if Matthew Kachuk wants 10 mil, take it. If Matthew Kachuk wants 10 and a half mil, take it. Because here's the thing. Eventually, the day will come where Steve Eiserman is going to have to give somebody the bag. The day is going to come. As great as he is, team-friendly deals, never overpays, never too much term. Steve Eiserman's going to have to give somebody the bag eventually. And if he doesn't, that means guys haven't panned out the way they're supposed to. Whether it's Mo Sider, whether it's Dylan Larkin, whether it's Lucas Raymond, whether it's Jonathan Bergeron, whether it's Simon Edmondson, whether it's Sebastian Kosa at some point. One of these guys, if things go well, hopefully multiple of these guys, he is going to have Mo Sider. If Mo Sider's, I mean, I'm wearing the fucking shirt. He won the Calder this year. If Mo Sider's career keeps on this trajectory, he's going to have to give him a filthy amount of money. He's going to have to give him eight years at 10, 11 mil a year. He's just like, otherwise, Mo Sider will go get that from somebody else who wants to win more than us. It's just the way it works. Some point, you got to give players cash. Matthew Kachuk's there. Matthew Kachuk's a hundred point guy, and he's an agitator. There are not many of those in the NHL. It's like him and Marchand that score and play hockey at that level and get in people's heads at the same level. Like they're really, am I forgetting somebody? Really the only two guys, maybe his brother Brady Kachuk as well. Like nobody does it like them. He's a hundred point scorer, dude. Imagine him with Larkin and Raymond. Are you fucking joking? Are you joking me? The second line is Andrew Kopp, Jakob Vrana, and two. Who would be the other winger? Who am I forgetting? David Perron? That's a fucking dirty second line, bro. Third line, Pew Suter, Robbie Fabs. Who on the wing? Berggren, maybe? Berggren would be nasty with those guys. And I'm forgetting people is the thing. I'm forgetting all kinds of people. The blue line, Mo Sider, Edvinson, uh, Ben Sherratt. Who is the other blue liner we just signed? Blanking on his name, another blue liner, though? That's a team. Kosa comes along. Billy Huso hopefully fills in nicely. Like, you go out and get Matthew Kachuk. Now I think it becomes make the playoffs. They make a move like that. This year becomes make the playoffs. And I understand if people are like, oh, well, what if they go? What if they go Bertuzzi, Johansson, and three first round picks? That's a halt, right? That's kind of steep. That's kind of steep for sure. I hear you. That is a bit. And if Steve Eiserman said no to that, I would say, okay, fair enough. I get it. Because giving away draft picks is what the Red what got the Red Wings into this mess to begin with. But here's the thing. It's I always think about it with the NBA too. Like, if you want to get a guy like Matthew Kachuk and you're afraid of giving up three first round picks, your dream, dude, when Steve Eiserman lays his head on that silk fucking pillow in his nice ass Bloomfield Hills mansion, 
you are praying, you're dreaming, you're counting sheep. One All-Star, one, two Hall of Famers, three Stanley Cup champs. Like you are dreaming about one of those first round picks becoming Matthew Kachuk. You're dreaming about it. You are dreaming about it. You're happy if one of those first round picks is like a 60 point guy. You are dreaming about one of those three first round picks being a hundred point player. And you are being offered a bona fide hundred point player who, by the way, is a great leader, who's great in the room, and is going to fuck up your opponent's minds. Those guys are going to go to bed like piss. Like, God damn it, dude. Matthew Kachuk, we got to play the Red Wings tomorrow. God damn it. It's just a fact. You are praying one of those guys becomes Matthew Kachuk. So if Calgary says, hey, you know what, Steve? Take the finished product, bro. You you know what Matthew Kachuk is. You can have him. It's going to cost you three first-round picks, a young guy, and Tyler Bertuzzi, but you can have him. You make the deal every time. Help is on the way. There will be another free agent class. Just because Steve Eisenman went crazy this year, going Perron, Cobb, Sherrod, all these guys, who so? I still don't think he's gone full guns blazing. I do still think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I do still think there's a massive blockbuster up Steve Eiserman's sleeve, whether it's this year, or next year, some point he's going to make a fat fucking trade for one of these guys, Eichel, Kachuk, somebody like that. He's going to pony up and get one of them. And I also believe there is a free agent signing that is yet to be had. Yeah. Perron's a nice player. Cop was a nice signing. Shrat, all these guys real nice. There is a free, a free agent signing that will happen with Steve Eiserman at the GM where he gives somebody the bag and he go gets a Johnny Gaudreau. He go gets a star, whether it's on the blue line and net, wherever he goes and gets a star out of free agent. That is going to happen. Both of those things will happen. You go get Kachuk now. You're that much closer to winning, right? The windows just opened a little bit more. The hesitation's gone. Like you can go right now, go to free agency right now, next year, go get that guy, go get all the help you need. You get Kachuk. It's let's see if we can make the playoffs this year. And if we can't, I'm going to do everything in free agency and in the offseason next year to make this a playoff team. Because once guys like Berggren and Edmondson and God forbid, Kosa get up there, you got, I mean, think of Berggren, Edmondson, Soderblom, Niederbach, Johansson. Yeah, if they did get Kachuk, you probably got to part ways with one or two of those guys. Fair enough. Cost of doing business. Marco Casper, they just drafted. If you get rid of two, you've got four more high-end prospects right behind them. You've already got the teams like the top six, the top four blue line already kind of shaken out. You've got help on the way. If you get rid of two of the six prospects, the other four are going to be nice fucking players for you. The other four will play in Detroit. All you got to do, you add another free agent or two, that's your team. That's your team. And then it's all fine-tuning. And if guys like Lucas Raymond fulfill their potential, if guys like Lucas Raymond turn into a point-of-game player, Mo Sider gets better. Simon Edmondson is Mo Sider. Jonathan Bergeron's like a 60-point guy. If Marco Casper can be a second-line center, like if these guys all fulfill their potential, they don't all need to be superstars. They don't all need to be Matthew Kachuks. They don't all need to be point of game, 100 point players. No, no. They just got to be pretty good. They just got to be good players. They just got to be solid. You have the suit. You got Larkin. You got Raymond. You got Sider. You got Kachuk. You don't need everybody to be the star. You just need good players. Look at Colorado. Yeah, they got McKinnon. Yeah, they got McCarr. And they just got a bunch of good fucking players. I mean, they're very good players, but that those those guys are the superstars. Those guys are the ones who sell all the jerseys, and those are the Matthew Kachucks. 
I don't know. I would love Steve to make the move. I'm sure he's called because he's Steve fucking Heiserman. I'm sure he's tried to fleece him. And I'm sure he said no. And Matthew Kachuk still isn't in a winged wheels jersey because they wanted too much. They wanted four or five, six first round picks. They wanted too many prospects, whatever the case is. And I understand. But if the potential to make a deal is there, like I get rid of three of those first round picks. I'd give you three. I'd give you three in one of those six prospects I listed, not Edmondson. Edmondson's off the table. Casper off the table. I'd give you Bergeron. I'd give you Niederblock. I'd give you Soderblom. I'd give you Johansson. Any of them. Take him for three first-round picks and Tyler Bertuzzi. Fucking like that, I do the deal. Like that, I do the deal. And Steve Eiserman will figure out the money because he's Steve Eiserman. At the end of the day, what's Matthew Kachuk going to say? I don't want to play in Detroit. Matt, come on, buddy. Come on, he's not saying that. He's thinking about going to St. Louis. He's talking about Florida. What, I'm not going to play in Detroit in an original six franchise in fucking hockey town right when they're on the cusp of re-entering glory days, like re-entering being competitive, being contenders year in and year out, and I'm going to be the difference maker? Steve Eiserman's the GM. Nick Lidstrom is like, he's in the organization. Nick Cronwall's in there. Chris Draper, like, but I'm, huh? Huh? Matthew Kachuk's going to say, no, I don't want to go to Detroit. He's going to say no to put in this jersey on. No chance, dude. No chance. If the deal is to be made, Steve, if they're offering you something, three first-round picks. I'm just saying, the reason you have first-round picks is on a wing and a prayer they become Matthew Kachuk. Just saying. Quick break. We're going to talk a little bit of Michigan State football. They've been in the news. Pat Narduzzi, Jack Mack at Barstool, MSU fans just, like, panicking because you lost one fucking recruit. Uh Let's talk MSU. Quick break. We'll be right back. All right. So there's a few <laughs> these MSU topics, dude. People, college football fans are psychos. <laughs> college football people, myself included. I mean, I make fucking videos. I'm doing this, aren't I? College football fans are crazy people. You're lunatics. All of us. We're lunatics. I don't get it. I really don't get it. So first things first, Pat Narduzzi, head coach of the Pitt Panthers, right? Lost to MSU in the Peach Bowl this year. Yep, Kenny Pickett didn't play. Yep, Jordan Addison didn't play. That sucks, dude. Your two best players, two of the best players in the country didn't play. That fucking sucks, man. Guess what? Kenneth Walker also didn't play. The best running back in the country didn't play. Fair enough. I get it, Pat. I get you're frustrated. You think I was happy when Kenneth Walker said he's not going to play? Yeah, I get it. I'm not like fucking banging my fist on the table. I would I would prefer to have watched Kenneth Walker in that game, though. Nobody was happy when their star player sat out the bowl game, Pat. Pat Narduzzi, I don't know if he was on a radio or a podcast or, or what he was doing, sleep, talking in his sleep, got a little fucked up at the local dive bar and started running his yap hole to the uh, bartender. I don't know what Pat's deal is. But Pat Narduzzi goes off talking about how <sighs> Kenny Pickett would have played. He's worth at least 21 points. We would have smoked him. Kenny Pickett and Addison play? MSU didn't stand a chance, dude. Even if Patty played, we would have beat him by a touchdown. Like, come on now. Pat Narduzzi's saying this stuff. The coach of the team who lost by 10 is saying, oh, dude, if Kenny Pickett played, it would have been no problem. I want I, he, he also said this. He also said this. If that's the third best team in the Big Ten, let's go to the Big Ten so we can win it every year. Pat? <laughs> Pat? Ohio State is still a team. Just because Kenny Pickett didn't play in the Peach Bowl 
didn't wipe Columbus, Ohio off the face of the earth, Pat. Pat, Pat, Ann Arbor, Michigan's real. That's a real, that's not like a fictional novel town, bro. That's not where Santa Claus's workshop is, dog. Ann Arbor's real, Pat. I've been there. Michigan has a football team. Jim Harbaugh, you don't see him in the news talking about abortions. They're real, bro. Michigan exists. The ones with the wings. Penn State, the white, the white out. You remember Paterno, the showers? You remember that? That wasn't a dream you had. That wasn't some optical illusion, Pat. They're real too. What are you talking about? Let's just go to the Big Ten and win that every year? Pat, you're the head coach of Pitt, buddy. You're the head coach of Pitt, dude. You're a basketball school. The only reason anybody gives a fuck about your college program is because you play at the field named after the ketchup company. That's how little you matter, Pat. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. But when people, Michigan fans, they're the most notorious, at least when it comes to MSU, for doing the hypothetical fake reality bullshit. Oh, but if Kenny Pickett would have played, Okay, if Kenneth Walker would have played, we would have smashed you. Oh, Kenny Pickett, he's worth 21 points, dog. One of the four teams that made the college football playoffs, University of Michigan, they played against Kenneth Walker, and he was, get this, Pat, Kenneth Walker was the only guy on Michigan State's entire fucking team that Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan needed to stop, and he had 200-plus yards and five touchdowns, Pat Narduzzi. Think about that before. Oh, Kenny Pickett would have fake slid for two touchdowns. He had five touchdowns against a team that went to the college football playoff. Uh, against the team that dominated Ohio State. Okay, Pat, you want to talk about the fake fucking world? Dude, do your kids, do your 27-year-old kids still think the Easter Bunny's real, Pat? Are you? No, no, no. That wasn't mom. That wasn't mom that painted those. That was the Easter Bunny, Josh. Dad, I'm 27. I have kids now. Save this for that. Pat, are you doing that shit on Easter? Are you still driving over to your kid's place and replacing his tooth with five bucks? Pat. Are we really going to live in this fake reality? If Kenny Pickett would have played, dude, he didn't. Sorry. I, eh, sorry. I, he didn't, though. If Kenneth Walker would have, well, he didn't. So who gives a fuck? You lost the game by 10. And if losing by 10 to the third best team in the Big Ten makes you think you would win the Big Ten, um, I, I, I don't – a book? I was going to say a book. Will that help? I don't know. Is there a number you need to call? If losing by 10 points to the third best team in the Big Ten means you would win the Big Ten every year, what, Pat, <laughs> you fucking talking about, bro? I don't know. Well, like, where was this interview held? I don't know what pot. I don't know if it was like a weed convention, um, maybe just a drug camp. I, something like that. Maybe it was like an insomniac club where nobody's allowed to sleep for 48 hours. And then they ask him about their favorite college football team. I don't know how a guy like Pat Narduzzi says something like that. We had some good years too. Is the damn, that's a shame. All those defenses, the Rose bowl, you were Mark D'Antonio's boy. And now you're going to go out and talk about how you would run the big 10. You, you, you coach pit dude. And I don't want to be mean. Like I hate, I hate when people do this about cities. Like there was a big Pistons thing. Oh, Sacramento sucks. Pistons Twitter was getting into it last week. Oh, Sacramento stinks. People say that shit about Detroit. People say that shit about East Lansing. 
I don't like when anybody does it about anywhere. Like, oh, place is a dump. School's a dump. It's just, I don't know. Like, it feels fucking forced and just awkward. But if you're going to come out and talk shit about my team, if you're going to come out after you lost a game by 10 and say, oh, but we would have won if this thing that didn't happen actually did happen, then I'm going to fucking roast you, bro. Like, you coach Pitt, dude. If James Conner and Aaron Donald didn't exist, nobody would know that school was there. And nobody even knows Aaron Donald went to Pitt. That's how little anybody cares about it. You play at the Steelers' place. You don't have your own stadium because nobody cares enough. Nobody cares enough, dude. You're Pitt. You're a basketball school. Nobody knows your team's even good that year until the bowl season rolls around and they're like, what? They got 11 wins? What happened? Nobody even knows uh, Kenny Pickett's name until week eight. Why? Because he plays at Pitt. Like, I don't want to be that guy, Pat, but you're forcing me to be that guy. Like, relax, dude. You're not going to run the Big Ten. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Fuck, even Rutgers would give you a run. You lost to Western Michigan this year. Did you forget about that? So what are you talking about? Oh, we would have beat Michigan State. Oh, we had him. If Kenny Pickett plays, we smoke him. We should join the Big Ten so we can win the conference every year. You don't win the ACC, dude. And the ACC is a fucking joke. I couldn't believe those comments. I couldn't believe those comments, especially Pat having the career at MSU that he did. Like, bro, have a little respect. There's nothing. I think that's why I hate it so much. That's why the beef between Michigan and Michigan State fans, I think, is so heavy. That's why I felt the need to just roast Pat Narduzzi and everything about the University of Pittsburgh. Look, I'm sure University of Pittsburgh is a cool place. Sure, it's a great campus, great school. I'm sure everyone who goes there is awesome. I would probably love it. Probably. But Pat, you're fucking delusional if you think any of those things are true. Oh, oh, but if this thing that never happened and will never happen happened, then this would... If Tom Brady didn't have hands, he wouldn't have six Super Bowls or seven. Oh, but but he does have hands. If Michael Jordan couldn't breathe, he wouldn't have six rings. Oh, but Mike, his lungs work fine. Like, what, what do you mean, Pat? Oh, if he would have played, nobody fucking cares, dude. Nobody cares. Kenneth Walker didn't play. He torched the college football playoff team for five touchdowns. You think your stone-cold defense that still had, what, 31 put up on them? You think they're just locking down Kenneth Walker? Ah, ah, on turf ah, ah, he's gonna be the best rookie in the nfl this year ah, I, I don't know pat i just don't know i just had to comment on it i always find that crazy like i said i think that's why the beef is so strong in state like what are you talking about if the the hypothetical game michigan loves to do it right and i saw some state fans doing it too which bothers me it's like my least favorite characteristic in a sports fan like the well if this would have happened then but it did, though. Well, if it didn't rain, oh, but uh, it was raining for you. Like, your your footballs were wet also. If John O'Corn, uh, your coach, that's the, the Messiah. He's the one who had John O'Corn be the QB. Oh, if there were fans. Oh, I don't know. There weren't fans. I don't, it, was, it was still in the big house. Like, I don't, what, what do you mean? Like, if, 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 oh, but, 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 oh, oh. But th- those things all did happen. And you did lose. And they also affected Michigan State. And they won. Like, what? What? 
what? I just can't stand for the hypothetical fake, fake realities. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know how anybody does. I don't know how people let that shit come out of their mouths. Like if you're Pat Narduzzi, bro, you not like you're a grown ass man. You're a coach of a power five team. You just had your quarterback go high in the NFL draft. Your wide receiver sadly went to USC is one of the best players in the country. And in your interview, you're going to go, yeah, but we would have won the peach bowl by 20 points. If Kenny Pickett played, what are you talking about, dude? You're a grown ass man talking about fairy tale Easter bunny tooth fairy bullshit, dude. Like legit question, Pat Narduzzi, do you buy a flight to wherever your children live and put 25 cents under their pillow when they lose a tooth? Legitimate question. Are you still imploring with your 38 year old son? Santa's real, Dave, Santa dad, I'm 38. Like, is that real? I just don't get it. Okay. Had to get that out of the system. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, next order of business, Jack Mack, Barstool guy. Talking about, this one I'll try to keep a little shorter. <laughs> Talking about, I don't know. I, it was on the Barstool College Football Show or one of their podcasts. I don't know what the question was. I think they were talking They were talking about cultish fan bases, right? So the Michigans, the Tennessees, the Texas, all those fan bases, and the Nebraskas. And he mentioned Michigan State, which fine, dude. I kind of take that as a compliment, to be honest. Michigan State, they're cultish. Like, all right, I mean. Cult, obviously, bad connotation, bad connotation. If if Mel Tucker starts going, hey, guys, we got to kill this person for the team, then we'll have some beef. Then I'll be like, whoa, maybe this guy, maybe Jack Mack was right. I don't want to do that. I just like watching football. Um, but fortunately, hasn't quite gotten to that point. He said we're a little cultish. Tuck coming, tuck coming. My question and response would be, why wouldn't we be? If you're not a Michigan State fan, look at – Look at Michigan State. Look at what happened in the last 10 years. Mark D'Antonio, this incredible rise, this incredible run has Michigan State playing at a level that they've never been at in the modern era, right? Not since the 60s. They've never competed like this. They've never won this many Big Tens. They've never played in these big of games. They've never been ranked top 10 this many times. It's the peak of Michigan State football, right? They win the Rose Bowl, that, the college football playoff. That's like the top of the mountain. And then slowly but surely, it starts to descend. And by what, 2020? That Mark D'Antonio, just a surprise retirement. The program's in shambles. The cupboards are bare. Recruits are leaving. Things are bad. They hadn't been winning games. Things are fucking bad. They're the worst Michigan State football's been, at least in I think in my lifetime. Like, it was so bad. And I know there were bad years, John L. Smith, but I think what made the D'Antonio crevasse worse, <laughs> Valley crevasse, you, you get the point. I think what made the D'Antonio crevasse worse was we had just been so high. We had just been beating Ohio State. We had just been winning Big Tens. We had just been in the college football playoff. We just had the 16th or whatever it was overall recruiting class, the highest we've ever had. Like we were at the fucking top. And out of nowhere, we blinked and it was over with. Horribly, too. It's not like we were going eight and four, nine and three, and it wasn't quite cutting. No, we were just like bad. We just weren't good. We didn't have good players. We didn't score fucking any points. We didn't score any points, dude. You can't be a college football team. You can't be Michigan State and not score any points, bro. Any of them. You can't score one. Come on. And then D'Antonio, out of nowhere, retires. 
we want Luke Fickle. There's the whole fucking flight tracking saga, right? It looks like Luke Fickle's a lock. He says no to stay at Cincinnati, which is a kick in the nuts. That's embarrassing if you're Michigan State. He just said no to stay at Cincinnati. That's fucking embarrassing. So we're panicking. We're getting roasted. Fair enough. Michigan fans roasting us. Ohio State. Everybody. Mel Tucker. We go to Colorado. I'd never heard of Mel Tucker before he got involved with MSU. We go to Colorado. We say, Mel, come on. Come be the coach. Didn't know he had any MSU relation. I didn't know he knew Alan Haller. I didn't know he was the GA under Saban for a year. I didn't know he felt a way about East Lansing and the university that he apparently does. Didn't know any of that. And he says no to the first offer. I'm committed to Colorado. The notorious, the famous tweet. And then a day later or whatever it was, I'm going to be the head coach of Michigan State. MSU goes back with an offer he simply cannot refuse, and he says, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go win a natty. I'm reading articles talking about Alan Haller saying in the interview, Mel Tucker is the most prepared person he's ever seen. In the interview, Mel Tucker walks in with a binder labeled Michigan State. And it's his plan and what he needs and the resources he requires to win a national championship at Michigan State University. Not win a Big Ten, not beat Michigan, not get to double digit. No, to win a national championship at Michigan State University. Not to just, my plan to win a natty. The plan to win a natty if I was the head coach specifically of Michigan State. Okay. He recruits during COVID. He can't have anybody on campus. All we've heard about is how great this guy is at recruiting. And the COVID year's bad. They go two and four, was it? But they beat Michigan in a game they were 24 and a half point underdogs, something like that, on the road. They beat Michigan. Unbelievable game. And the team's bad, by the way. Like Rocky Lombardi was the QB. He's just not good. He just wasn't a good player. The team's bad. They beat Michigan. Okay. And then they beat a top 10 Northwestern team at home. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, they went two and four. They have a signature fucking win against a very good football team. The next year comes around. He recruits the 25th, I believe it is, ranked class in the country. The highest MSU seen since that D'Antonio 2016 class. And before that, God knows what. He's recruiting guys from Florida, from Texas, from Louisiana, from California, from places MSU has never gotten guys. Okay. They go into that season. They're supposed to be, again, the team's not great. They're supposed to be the worst team in the Big Ten. And they win 11 games. And they beat Michigan. Again, they beat Michigan in a thriller, in one of the best college football games I've ever watched. They have a Heisman contending running back. They beat Penn State, and they win a BCS Bowl. They're supposed to be the worst team in the Big Ten. They won 11-2 and and had a Heisman candidate running back and beat Michigan in a fucking insane game. And oh, by the way, The next recruiting class is coming, and this one is now shaping up to be the best recruiting class Michigan State has ever seen. So tell me, Jack Mack. Tell me, buddy. I don't want to argue. MSU fans are cultish. After everything I've just said, how are we supposed to not be cultish? Like, did you hear what happened? Did you hear the sequence we've been through? Did you hear how Mel Tucker has actually caught us from falling into our grave and now is pushing us up to Mount Olympus? Like, did you hear that? And we're, oh, we're cultish. We're cultish. Yeah, dude. What else are we supposed to be? What the fuck else? Dead? Is that it? Because that's the only way I could imagine an MSU fan not being cultish. Like, if you care... 
which by the way, you do care because you went to Michigan State. Michigan State, we care about sports. That should be the fucking slogan. If you're an MSU football fan and you aren't cultish about Mel Tucker, you aren't higher on Mel Tucker than you've been on anything in your lifetime. You don't have a pulse. You are the worst kind of person or you're dead. That's it. That's it. You're either the most negative, pessimistic, dark human being who's ever lived, or you're a dead fucking body. Hate to get morbid, but those really are the only two scenarios in which I can't imagine someone not being high on Mel Tucker. Like everything he's done, it's like, whoa, it it just one thing better that, whoa, that's sweet. Oh my God. He's bringing out Lamborghinis to the 50 yard line. Spartan dog con is coming up next week. And last year, the pictures from it, he just has like 80 or hundred former MSU football players to his place to have a banger, to just catch up, to just do MSU football. Like that's sick, bro. That's sick, dude. He's the best dressed coach in college football. The guy never once has left the house, not looking fucking fire, bro. And I'm not supposed to be cultish about him. What's the point of being a college football fan? What's the point if I'm supposed to see everything Mel Tucker's done and go, yeah, but we'll see. I don't, I, what? Oh yeah. Well, one 11 and two, they're supposed to be the worst team in the big time. Well, I don't know. He's all right. What? Dude, like, I don't just kill me if that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to wake up every day and like, oh, I got to be lukewarm on Mel Tucker. No, bro. I want to have a guy like Mel Tucker so I can be sky high. So I can wake up every day. You know what I would give to have the leader of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, end up being those guys where I'm like, dude, my NFL team, they're run by these guys. It's sick. They don't do anything wrong. And I'm sure, yeah, Mel Tucker, who knows? State might hit a road bump this year, win eight games. I know Mel Tucker's vision is going to work. Like the, the, the guy is just different, bro. Like we're cultish. Fair enough. Whatever. I don't want to be the pessimistic guy and our head football coach does stuff that like we, it doesn't happen that we know of. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know if Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and all these other guys, all these super successful coaches do crazy shit like Mel Tucker does. I don't know if that's how they recruit so well. I don't know. I don't because I don't follow them closely enough. But the stuff like the branding, the way Mel Tucker has talked about, like he's fucking revered, bro. He's revered. All he's done is coach Colorado and then MSU for two years. And one of those years we stunk and he's like revered among kids. He does things at Michigan state that I like that I've never seen. And personally, I've always viewed like MSU. I love how they lean at the Spartan dog, like the brand of Michigan state, some of the former athletes, just everything about it. And I'm fucking 1000% biased. I've always thought there was something cool, like something to tap into there. Not just vanilla, come to Michigan State, eat your potatoes and play defense. And Mel Tucker, fucking boom, instantly figured it out. I don't know how not to be cultish when the last five-year span, like that happened before my eyes, and Mel Tucker somehow just picked us up out of nowhere, and it wasn't supposed to work out, but it did. And he's changed the game. NIL, he gets an extension. Everybody gets an extension. He recruits. We've never had anybody recruit. We won three Big Tens with Antonio. Never recruited. Never. And they won three of them. How am I not supposed to get fired up about that? How? How? He's been the coach one season. He found the Heisman in the fucking transfer portal. What? How? Do, like, what? 
How do I not get excited about that? So that's my thing. That's my thing. Make fun of us. Fair. Fine. Whatever. But deep down in your heart of hearts, when you say Michigan State fans are cultish, how are we not supposed to be? How? Okay. And the last thing. The last thing. Now we're going to get a little introspective, folks. I'm going to talk Michigan State fans. I am going to talk to you one-on-one direct. This is Michigan State fans at MSU fans, what we're about to get into. And it's something I want to think, I want you to think about. It's kind of it's kind of on par a little bit with what I just mentioned with Mel Tucker and what he's done and why we're cultish about him. So MSU's missed out on a few recruits the last few weeks, month maybe. Um, Caleb Presley, big-time cornerback, top 100 guy, went to Oregon or is going to go to Oregon. Um, who's the D lineman? Jaden Wayne, five-star DN from Washington. He's going to go to the U. Um, they have an offensive lineman, Peyton Kirkland, four-star guy has been like projected to go to state. He's committing very shortly here, projected to go to state all along. And now apparently he's going to go to Texas. MSU has missed out and it looks like may miss out another defensive end that MO and Baca Etta, I don't know his name. Sorry. He's going to Michigan instead of Michigan state, like cuts a little deeper. They've missed out on some guys, some big time players, right? All the types of guys, again, MSU doesn't get usually. All guys that are at key positions, defensive end, offensive line, corner, like just guys that would be nice. You know what I mean? Guys that would fucking, we could use those guys. And they've lost all the battles, right? There was so much momentum and these guys kind of felt like dominoes. And before they did, there was so much momentum. Everything was going state's way. Four star, four star. Every day you open Twitter, there's a new four star in the green and white. And they missed out on the last four. And I go on, I go on the internet. And this maybe it's just Twitter. I don't know. Because my friends and I, were all still pretty calm. I go on Twitter and all I see is, I see a tweet today. MSU needs some good news with this fucking emoji. Bro, what? You prank? You prank right now? MSU needs good news. You're praying right now. Did you not hear all that good news I just recited? This is like the best the program's looked since 2015. What do you mean good news? We've gotten more good news in the last six months than the previous seven years. What do you mean MSU needs good news? Pray emoji. What are you praying about? What? I see people losing it like, oh, Elliot Washington, another uh, four-star safety that it looked like we were going to flip from Alabama. He actually goes to Penn State instead. I see tweet. I see people talking like, damn, Tuck needs to get these guys. Tuck needs to do a better job of landing these guys. Like, yeah, it's cool that we're in the race. Tuck needs to get these guys. I, I see that shit. What? Why? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Tuck's been getting those guys. Go look. Go go to the internet right now to uh, Michigan State football commits. Dude, there's more four stars there than you've seen in your lifetime, bro, in one class. There's guys from Texas, Florida, all over the fucking country. That's more diversity than you've seen in your lifetime. There are guys that are, that are going to be better players than you've seen in your lifetime in that class. Like, what do you what do you mean? Oh, man, Tuck needs to start doing a better job. Oh, we're losing momentum. Oh, State needs something. We need some good news. What? Like, relax. Relax. And this is what I said. This is how it reiterates what I was saying uh, in the Jack Mac thing. Yes, it would be nice. I'd like a five-star defensive end. I'd like a four-star end who actually went to Michigan to come to state instead. Yes, I would very much like that. I'd like a top 100 cornerback. I would enjoy watching that guy play at Michigan State. It would be sick if Mel Tucker got those guys. It would be sick if Mel Tucker got one of those four guys. 
to commit. Yeah, this offensive lineman from Florida, high four-star that we've been on all along. It looked like he was going to go to state. Yeah, he might end up going to Texas. Okay. Okay, fuck. That sucks, but okay. We got other four-stars. We got like eight or nine already. There are more guys we're on. We'll find other guys. Don't forget, our coach is the dude who took the running back from Wake Forest nobody wanted, and now it turns out he's the best one in the country. Don't forget about that. Like, Mel Tucker will find other guys. It's not like you need to be a top 200 recruit to have any chance of being good with Mel Tucker. Yes, ideally, I would like every recruit to be a top 200 guy. You win Maddie's with recruits. That's been proven time and time again, once by Michigan, once by Michigan State. But Mel Tucker will find other guys. Mel Tucker will evaluate. Three stars, he'll find. He'll find good ones. We had one, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver, three-star, Tucker commits to MSU, and all of a sudden Alabama's on him. Like, that means something. Mel Tucker knows what the fuck he's doing. MSU Twitter, MSU, Michigan State, my dogs. So fucking congested. You hear that? God damn it. Take a deep breath. It's okay. Yes, we missed on some big recruits. Yes, it looked like it was going pretty well for some of them. That happens. That happens, dude. You think Alabama gets every player that they want? No, they get a lot of them. They don't get all of them. That happens, bro. If Mel Tucker, if he's going to run with the big dogs, we're going to lose some of these races. Do you want him to run at all? Would you rather you just sit on the sideline and you don't get disappointed? If you want to run with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, if you want to get with the Blue Bloods, you got to fucking act like it, dude. Alabama doesn't lose it when they miss out on a cornerback. Alabama fans aren't going, we need good news when an offensive lineman decides to go to Texas. Alabama says, okay, well. We'll figure it out. We're fucking Alabama. I'm Nick Saban. Have some faith. I can't like I. It's genuinely shocking. I'm scrolling down the timeline, and I know these recruits have committed elsewhere. And I'm like, are people straight up like, are people actually saying Mel Tucker needs to start landing some of these guys? Mel Tucker has done things already you've never seen before. He's played. There's been two seasons. He's been allowed to host people on campus for a little over a year. It'll come. It'll come. He'll have another good season. He'll send a few more guys to the NFL. It'll come, dude. It'll come. Some of these guys he's recruited, these two classes, the 25th class and then this not this next class, some of those guys will start playing and they'll be better players than Mark D'Antonio ever had. Like some of these top 200 recruits are just going to be the best athletes states had in a very long time. It just – it is. It's, it's how fucking recruiting works. He's going to win games. He's going to get more of these recruits. And maybe they will never be Alabama, LSU, Ohio State. Maybe they'll never be pulling in top five classes, top ten classes even. If he can get to the point where he's pulling in top 15, we're in business. And he's got time. He's got time. It's going to be top 25 this year. He's got time. You want to run with the big dogs? You're going to get bit every once in a while. Rub a little dirt on it. Get back in there and grab your fucking bone. Hang tough, MSU fans. Spartan dogs, right? Spartan dogs. I'm not flaking on Mel Tucker because Alabama got a recruit. It's fine. Shit happens. All right, folks. That was a long one. Good episode. Um, I had fun. I did have fun. Little Red Wings, little MSU, a little recap. Shout out Pat Green, by the way. Um, I don't know. He asked me to do that. So <laughs> there it is, Pat. Hostile Pat. I'm going to hit. We're going to do two more again next week. 
We'll see which days. Maybe Wednesday, Friday again. I don't hate that combo, to be honest with you. Maybe Tuesday, Thursday. I don't know. We're going to do two more next week and keep it going. I appreciate everybody being here. Appreciate you listening, spreading the word, supporting all that good stuff. Again, the Motown shirt's now on sale, thesecondstring.com. Check it out, Red Wings fans. I don't know how you could, to be honest. Um, And I'll be back next week, guys. Appreciate you.